You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, we've uh, we've taken a deep dive into the tape. Uh, we will get to the defensive side of things coming up in a little bit. But this is going to be a long, long first uh, first chunk of the pod because we are going to dive into each and every one of the nine sacks. People want answers. Uh, we did a shorter version of this on the radio, but uh, we're actually going to dive in literally to all nine plays, and then uh, we can try to draw some conclusions by the end. Sound good to you? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So uh, sack number one. Uh, it comes Numero on third, uno. N- number one comes on third and five from the Washington 45-yard line. Uh, just a minute into the game, uh, it's their first third down. Ultimately, they will go four and out because they did – don't don't forget, Logan. They got a first down on the very first play of the game. Little end around mm-hmm. action, Curtis Samuel, uh, and that and that that's kind of the end of the good stuff. Uh, so they run a mesh concept here. We think someone runs the wrong route, which is obviously contributing to Carson not to have anywhere to throw. I'm also curious uh, Carson's drop back here if he steps back a little bit too deep. But as you ultimately watch this play uh, that ends in sack number one, what'd you think of it? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things going on here. One is obviously, I think, like I said, I think there's someone running the wrong route, which again affects the, affects the distribution. The way they coach mesh, I think, is interesting. Like, um, you know, with Kyle near the later end of my time with him, like he said, if there's a guy that's the hook player who's like basically a linebacker or a nickel is matching the guy crossing the ball coming across, and you see that push through that zone if you're relatively confident. It's not right. So you're through. taking that guy with you. You clear out yeah, a lot to, of space. just to add some space, right? I think that's one thing, again, like that's a stylistic difference. That's something that I, I liked as I got later in my career. I thought it added, right? Clear some space, run the right route. So there's two things right there. Then if you look at the rush, one, I think Joshua has an excellent rush. I think he does a really nice job, you know, just from a pass r- rushing standpoint of setting his angle at the tackle to make the tackle think bull. The tackle sets his feet, Leno, and um, he hits he hits him like he's going to bull. And then he does a really nice job of kind of grabbing Leno's left shoulder pad and pulling himself through. It's a really slick rush and something we've come to expect from Josh Sweat because that's kind of the pass rusher he is. Expect him to have a very productive year. But that's not the thing I don't think that gets a sack because Leno's able to recover a little bit and Carson does step up. And I think the thing that is ultimately detrimental on the rush is Fletcher Cox pulling back the guard and center, right? Kind of getting penetration there because there really is no space for him to step up. So on this first play, Someone may have run the wrong route. Obviously, stylistically, I have some disagreements about how they run this concept. Their pressure from the outside is awesome. Really nice rush by him. Great push by Fletcher Cox. All of those things kind of coming together. And then I think maybe the most important element is the back gets caught up on the release, right? The Mm. the back ends up trying to get through the A-gap. He hits Hargrave, and he's not out because 
even if all that stuff is wrong, Carson could get it to the back right now. And if you like, like we've talked about this before, like Tom Brady's one of the best ever to do it. And he's excellent at that. Like there's that clip of him on Instagram or online YouTube where he's like, Hey man, run the flat as he's in the drop back because he knows the blitz. He knows the coverage. He knows where the ball's got to go. And so I think even just having that guy in the flat as an outlet would allow Carson to get the ball out. So I think all of those things kind of, again, there's not one element here that says wrong. Could Leno be better, right? Could Jahan run the right route? Yep. You know, could the protection by the guard be better? All those things are yes. And one of them by themselves is probably not fatal to this play, but all of them together are fatal. And that's when, that's why this, this sack happens in my opinion. Yeah. And by the way, that back is Curtis Samuel. Um, he had been lined up at back there. So like, he's not there to block anyway. You're not, you're not putting Curtis Samuel in the backfield for pass pro. He's there to get out and become an outlet and, and hopefully be in space, make someone miss on a third and five. He catches a three yard pass. I like my chances of Curtis Samuel finding a way to get those extra two yards and picking that, up that first down. That's actually a really good observation by you. I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. And this is one of the, the benefits. It took about having, number 11 for me. So, uh, don't having feel more that. eyes on the play. But if, if he is in the backfield, there is a screen that Kyle used to call Cherokee where, Everybody runs across. This is what you're getting here. And then the back leaks out because you're hoping that everyone matches the crossers and the back kind of sneaks out to the flat. It ends up playing like a pseudo screen. So seeing that, I think maybe that's what the play was because you're you, like you said, Curtis isn't back there for pass protection. So maybe the route's not wrong. But if that's the case, the back needs to get a better release and get to the yeah. flat and give Carson a spot to go with the football. So I think that, again, that back getting caught up there is a huge deal in, in terms of the efficacy of the play. Maybe someone didn't run the wrong route, but that jam up there is a big deal. If it is that second concept, we assumed it was mesh. If it's not mesh and it's this other kind of screen version of mesh, then that's a huge deal for that. Yeah. All right. So, yay. Point for me for a new discovery. We've only Great watched discovery. that play combined about 30 times. All right. True. Uh, now, first and 10 from the Washington 20 on their second drive, 1041 remaining in the first quarter. Uh, you got you got a couple tight ends in the game. You got two receivers split out to the right. You got a back in the backfield. Logan, what happens here where Carson Wentz winds up again on his back? So again, like I think when you look at this, like this this formation in my mind has become kind of the shot, you know, shot personnel grouping for this team, and it's smart, right? Because you get base on the field. They don't bring as many coverage players out. It's good, sound football, right? And you get guys to be sticky versus runs. But you tell me here, you're watching this play like I am right now. Watch Fletcher Cox. Is there anything about him in this rush that says, that I think this is a run? Like, he is bull rushing to rush the passer here all the way. So I think that's no, honest. And in fact, there's a play-action fake to Antonio Gibson, who then runs right past Fletcher Cox. And Fletcher does not react at all. Correct. And so he's thinking pass. And I think this is just what you get when you get a nice veteran group of pass rushers. He's... They understand, like they're not to the side of the tight end, right? So that isn't usually away from the tight end double team. I think Trey Turner's probably a little soft here with this set, right? Could maybe be a little bit more aggressive, but I also think great job by Fletcher, just understanding the situation, what this team likes to do, and taking advantage of that tell and taking advantage of a soft kind of run set by Turner. Again, not fatal though. Turner's able to survive the down. What I do think here is if you look at the coverage, Everyone's covered, right? They're running kind of like a big blaze out on the outside. So like a 15 yard out by Jahan or Terry. I can't see who that is. Uh, it doesn't matter. Down over the ball. So I think they did a good job, Philly, of covering that concept. To me, again, the ball's got to get to the back. Now. Get the ball out of your hand. It's dead. You can tell it's dead. Get the ball out of your hand. Gibson gets caught up a little bit. But I think if, if you pause it, 
kind of right before the sack happens. I think you can get He's that got ball time. to Gibson. You can get that ball to Gibson, and then Gibson has some space to run. Now, is it going to be a huge play? No, but is it going to be third or second and five? Probably, you know, with Gibson and all that kind of space, I think he's gonna, um, I think he's gonna make gonna make a nice play there. Yeah, the other thing that I see on this play too is on that that side where the tight ends are. Sorry, the strong side of the formation, they kind of faint a blitz, uh, and so where you may have been able to slide over, provide a little extra help. The Eagles against what a six seven man protection wind up rushing four and getting pressure, yeah. and they do that because you wind up with. I think you're. I think it's your. I'd have to watch it for the eighth time now. Uh, maybe tenth, twelfth. I don't know. Uh, but you wind up with definitely both those tight ends, and I think your left tackle all blocking nobody. They're all oh, just they're standing all... there, being like, "Up, oh, up! Oh, is he coming? Is he? Oh, he's not coming. Now I'm just standing here like a big old goober." And you, that's two of your eligibles who are not in the pattern, and Correct. they're not doing anything. And so you get three guys on one guy essentially is what happens, and then you get nice one on one, which essentially is what you want if you're Philly. You want a one-on-one on the right guard on Turner, Fletcher Cox on Turner, and you get a one-on-one with Hassan Reddick on Cosme, which is good exactly defensive play calling. It's good. It's what you want. And they fall into this a little bit, but also I think understanding this team's tells and what they want to be on first down and this after a first down, especially, I think I would guess, I haven't gone back and looked at it, but I would guess they have a very high tendency to take a shot out of this, this personnel grouping in this situation. And I think that shows up here. And again, the pressure is really good by Fletcher, but I do think if I'm Carson, if I'm Scott Turner, I'm just saying, hey, man, like, live to play another down. You feel that pressure. Let's get the ball. Even if you turf it to the back, that's better than taking a sack here. Definitely. All right, sack number three. Second and 16 from the Washington 14. It's their second drive, 9.59 remaining, uh, which I believe means this is literally the next play. Uh, so they, yeah. they try to run dagger here, and uh, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's dagger or horn, something like that. And it's subtle distinction, but basically it's a three-by-one instead of a two-by-two. doesn't really matter. I think there might be some type of mistake here because you get Terry by himself down here on the bottom of the screen. And usually I would think the back, that looks like a spot concept to me where the back would be releasing to that side. Does that make sense what I'm saying, Craig? Like the back doesn't usually release to the side of the dagger. He usually releases to the side of the spot. So this is an empty protection. So it's a five-man protection. And the back would come to the same side as Terry, which is on the right side, left offensive left, and basically create horizontal stretch so that it would open up this window for Terry. Because if you look at Terry right now, he's wide open. And this ball probably should be out. I understand. I mean, why. if I screenshotted where I've paused this, where I am watching it, you would be yeah. like, you, there, this is a completion. Carson is in his throwing motion. Terry is wide open. That ball is going to be there in 0.5 seconds, and it's going to be you know, if Terry slips a tackle, like it could be a big game, but it's it's gonna at least be a five six yard gain to get you in a third and more manageable situation. There is no way with where I have paused my screen right now that this should not be a completion. And I will say this: like Slay makes an excellent break on this ball, but I don't think he's gonna make an interception here. You know what I mean? Like I think at the worst, it's an incomplete pass, which is okay. It's okay on second and sixteen. It's not ideal, but you prefer that over a sack, right? And so it looks like the back might be going the wrong way. Don't know that for sure. I'm just kind of based on what I'm seeing here. Like there looks like they're running dagger in a spot to the one side. The spot would kind of keep this, the, um, the corners width to that side, or, you know, if no one matches the back, you throw it to the back. So kind of a weird deal there. And then I think, again, you get a really nice rush by Hargrave on the inside power. And then the transitions, every transition off the power move here is great. Like this kind of pseudo hump move, lifting up Norwell's inside hand and getting, getting penetration on the quarterback. Really nice job. But I do think I agree with you. At a minimum, 
based on this picture, if this is the side of the field you're reading, that ball needs to be at least out and trust Terry to make a play for a five-yard gain or knock the ball down and live to play another day. But for you to pump fake this so violently hard and just eat this sack, I, I, again, I'm not in the room, but I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, and you know maybe Slay's not where he anticipates because the back release is wrong. Like that would yeah. seem to make a lot of sense. I don't know. It is. It's. It's a weird. It's a weird one on Carson to to. And I would love to know what happened in his head to make him ultimately pull that down. Um, perhaps he'll get asked when he goes to the podium on Wednesday. All right, sack number four. But also already, again, again, yeah. this sorry to cut you off. But on all three of these, the rush is. Like this is these are good rushes now. Like, that, don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. These are good rushes, but well, I guess what we're saying is like, could this be helped by Carson getting rid of the ball? Absolutely. And like we've had two plays now where the route concept is somewhat questionable. I think you're right on the first one. I don't think it's mesh anymore. But this one, maybe the back's going the wrong way. Again, those things can can confound, right? But again, I think on all of them, you know, outside the first one where the back gets chipped so badly that he can't get into the route. I think Carson could at least get the ball out of his hand to the back or to a spot and not take a sack. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not easy, but I do think that that's no, possible. And, and it's not like the O-line is giving him a ton of time, but right. he has had timing to make the throw that's supposed to be there. And at that point, like on the hierarchy of blame, if you will, in our blame pie, Carson gets the biggest slice. Uh, that yep. doesn't mean that it's not 51% and the O-line's 49. Like you could, if, if your guy's got three seconds, he's got time to throw, but it'd be really nice if he had five. Um, and that's kind of kind of the land that you're you're living in right now. All right, sack number four, third and five from the Washington 47. This is on their third drive, 355 remaining in the first quarter. You got a little motion here. You're trying to mix it up, uh, but ultimately the result is the same. This one is definitely mesh, Logan, on third and five. So it's literally the same situation as, as the first one. Oh, yeah, this one's for sure mesh, 100% mesh here. And you can see why they're confounding here. But, uh, again, with the back releasing here, maybe it changes your mind on the first one. And, again, okay, this is a, one of been one of my pet peeves for a long time with this team. Third and middle distance versus teams that run a lot of zone, they really like to run mesh, right? And I think when you look at this clip, Philly knows that because they match this pretty dang good. There's not a lot of spots to go with the football here. You say maybe you take a shot to the back on a back shoulder here, but that's not a high percentage throw. No. Maybe you launch the ball deep to Curtis, which again, not given the concept, given the down distance, that doesn't seem right. Um, so again, I, I, I think this is again a tendency by the coordinator. I don't know that for sure, but that's just kind of like my, I don't have any analytics to support that. That's just like, I feel like they like mesh in these situations quite a bit. And mesh is a great play. Philadelphia with Zach Ertz, made hay on mesh for years so uh, there's nothing wrong with calling mesh a lot but you can tell philly's like we've seen mesh we know you run mesh let's match mesh really well right and i think that's part of it maybe the ball gets to logan thomas but again not in the rhythm and timing of the throw so he takes his drop one two three four hitch that ball's got to be out right now and there's nobody there's nobody, nobody open available. Nobody so here's it. here's what is open though, and this isn't this is an interesting side conversation. Um, and I I don't know this is like a blame thing; it's just a reality thing. Because if this happens to Philadelphia, what happens is Jalen Hurts runs out of an open gap uh, as the offensive line, like the the let's see, uh, offensive right, defensive left. That end gets pretty far up the field. There is a lane there to run and get out. If as soon as he realizes it's dead, he gets out. 
Now, Carson doesn't really like to run anymore. He he reluctantly ran a couple times later in this game, uh, but Carson, as a younger player, ran a lot. If it's Jalen, where he's like, running's a, a weapon for me, he is out. And I don't know if he gets the first down, if it's Hurts, probably. If it's Wentz, you know, you give yourself a chance. Maybe a defender comes up and Jahan keeps running across the field and there's a chance for a throw there. But if you're going to say, like, what could Carson have done here, that would be my best shot at an answer. But I'm not going to criticize him for being something he's not. But it is why so many teams like having mobile quarterbacks now. When plays die, especially on third down, having the threat of someone who can do it with your legs. And it does again, it doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts even. I think Kirk Cousins runs on this. I think yeah. a lot of quarterbacks that are like, pretty average NFL athletes, like some, you know, obviously like Tom Brady's not, but Aaron Rodgers runs on this. And I think they have that feel in the pocket, get out and either give themselves a chance with an extended play or pick it up with their legs. And I do wonder if that's something they need to talk to Carson about and be like, Hey buddy, I know post knee surgery, you don't love to run, but we need to get you out a little bit more because just standing back there is a sitting duck and hoping that someone eventually comes open. You know, that's how you got sacked nine times the other day. Yeah, I think that's right. And also, like, again, maybe, like, just the, the coverage here is crazy. But ball's got to get out of his hands. I do see what you're saying. And, like, guys don't rush like that versus Jalen Hurts because they know he runs. So there's going to be more of these looks for guys like Carson. But I agree. At a bare minimum, just, again, there's so much push in the pocket. And I think he knows. You can see he's antsy. He knows the ball's got to get out. I don't know about the running thing. Like, I'm a little on the fence about that, coaching a guy who doesn't run to do that. But, well, that, um, and that's why I say like it's hard to blame him for not being him. But it, like when right. you see it, you're like, oh man, that would be that'd be cool if he could. Yeah. But you can't blame him for not for for being someone or for not being someone that he's not. And I get that. And so so again, yeah. So again, I think the concept here, the the rush again is great. Like holy cow, like great rushes all around. I think uh, Son Reddick on the outside does a nice job uh, on Cosme in terms of like winning that outside shoulder, which is something as a rusher you're always trying to coach. Cosme does widen the pocket. I think the thing that really leads to the sack is I don't think I really felt like in the game they weren't ready for the power of Philadelphia's rush, right? Brandon Graham as a bull rusher is made a career off of that. And you could just tell they weren't they weren't quite stout enough. Hargrave Bull, Fletcher Cox Bull, that's three bull rushes. Brandon Graham gets Cosme later in the game off of two bulls in a row. Like they just, I felt like they weren't ready. And against finesse rushers so far this season, they seem to have done a nice job. Like Cosme against Trayvon Walker week one when he gave up that sack. That's because Trayvon Walker is just a powerful man, right? So it'll be interesting to see if if they change their pass protection approach um, at all with regards to this. But again, like yeah, you got to give credit. Like this rush by Brandon Graham, this bull here, it's not perfect, but it's enough. And I think it in conjunction with the concept and how the concept's blanketed, like it makes it good. And so to me, like, that's what I'm saying is like, this is the, I don't want to sound overly critical here of, of, of Scott. Cause I, this is a good concept, but if this is, we run a, a version of mesh two plays in a row, right? Like maybe we try, what, what else do we have in the bag that we like versus zone? That's something I would, again, I would think about here because this is pretty stagnant looking to me in terms of yeah. how they're covering this. Yeah, I, I think you got to. There's a really fine balance in the NFL between doing the things that you like and you're good at and being you and being unpredictable enough that this doesn't happen. And right. they've fallen or they fell Sunday at the very least into the wrong side of that. We'll see if they can get it corrected. Um, Scott's a smart guy and, and obviously has shown the ability 
to to mix things up uh, in in other parts of the season and at times in previous years as well, in, in both here and in Carolina. All right, sack number five, second and six from the Washington 29. Fourth drive, there's 13.03 remaining in the second quarter. Uh, some deeper developing stuff here, Logan, and they ultimately don't have the, the time to get to it. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So this one is actually, this is a concept that they, they like. It's like this scissors concept down here on the bottom. They ran this versus uh, scissors and drive is what I call it. And basically like Terry, or I don't, I can't see who this is. Terry, somebody comes hoping on this play. Yeah, I believe I think, it's Terry. And I, when I look at this, I think Carson, I, if I'm being insanely critical as a coach, I'm like, when you get to your fifth step, just trust it and throw it. I think that's unrealistic, quite frankly, because you want to see what that flat defender is doing. Again, they run scissors. They run the scissors concept a little differently. Usually you have some type of flat defender holding coverage. So you, it declares more quickly they run the flat defender from the far side of the field. So he comes into the vision super late of the quarterback, right? And he doesn't affect the defense the same way a guy running a flat does who's on the same side of the formation. You get what I'm saying, Craig? Can you visualize what I'm saying? So, you got so a you're corner. saying, you're yeah, saying the, the, you said, I think you may have substituted the word defender in a place where you meant uh, the guy coming out. So you're saying like the back comes from the opposite side of the formation. So the flat defender doesn't get affected quite as quickly as if he had been. Right like a tight end who just goes straight to the flat, or even if he's right. a back on the same side comes out, because he kind of comes out through the middle and then runs to the flat. 100%. That's exactly what I'm saying. Gotcha. So again, it declares a little late, but I think based on Slay's reaction or how nosy he is, if I'm if I'm the coach, I'm like, this is exactly what I want for this concept. Because even with the defender coming from the far side, Slay's getting real nosy. That ball has got to be out. And again, I say that, but there is, Brandon Graham is in Carson's lap the guard is in Carson's lap. There is no pocket to speak of here. So concept good, right? Excellent concept. Really like the play call. A lot of people open here, right? This is one where I think the offensive line is almost exclusively at fault. Like, like if you look at this and say, where where does the ball, like, on his, okay, so he gets to the top of his drop. Yep, foot down. And he's ready to throw, and Brandon Graham is reaching his hand for the football as he's cocking back to throw. He has to pull it back to his body, and I think this this one is on the O-line, I think, just watching it. So, this is so bang-bang, it's really hard for me to tell. The one thing that I would ask you, and I this is a pure question, is... What if his feet are set in the right direction? Because his feet, yeah, and I understand he's trying to hold coverage... He's definitely like his body is looking left and yes. all the action is to the right. Like the concept that he's trying to hit on that deeper ball is to the right. And that's probably part of the reason it's very open. Like even Slay's body language is like, oh, I'm on the dead side of the field. And then if he's able to turn and open, he fires that thing right over Slay's head. It's a 25 yard gain, if not more to Terry on that, that out route. Um, maybe it's bench. Maybe it's out. You can tell me which, yeah. which one it is. Um, but he also, on that fifth step, is able to probably hit, uh, I think it's Logan uh, as the tight end, Logan Thomas as the tight end, who Armani, part of the yeah. reason he's getting out late is because he chips. And so he's super late, but he's also wide open because Slay has is, is left him a ton of space. And I think if he's facing the right direction, like if his feet are set on that fifth step, he can probably get that out before Graham swipes. But he's kind of got to reset his feet. But you tell me, like, and, and I would be curious to know the coaching points on it, is that his job to hold that coverage looking left and then he's supposed to have time to come back right and, and then you get the big play? 
Or is is that the mistake that Carson makes? Is that a mistake at all that Carson makes on that play? So I don't know. I don't know what they're being coached. All I know is that Carson's had a lot of success kind of keeping his his body square, his eyes down the middle yeah. of the field, and then switching late with the football or switching late with his shoulders. And again, like it's pretty tight here in the pocket. So he steps up totally. And I, and I thought maybe he can get the ball out, but again, Wes has given up a little bit of pressure. Wes is pretty good here, but it's because Carson's running up as opposed to stepping up. I'm not sure. And again, his eyes are off the field. Again, Armani's open slays breaking on that football. If you look at yeah, it, I guess it's our, it's Armani, not, not, uh, yeah. So again, to me, this is, this is O-line like the quarterback can't operate. I think, I think maybe Carson again, like Graham just has a great rush here. Great. You see the power here of his rush, the transition. And I think Hargrave really makes this pressure and Graham finishes it. Like this is a good pressure. This is good by this group. And again, the concept dictates, I can't get the ball out of my hand too quick. You get the chip, right. That slows that guy down coming into his vision. Cause maybe like if you, if you pause it a little bit earlier, right. If you kind of get right when he gets to the top of his drop, he can feel that rush. And totally. if Armani's a little bit ahead, right in that next window, I think the ball's out, and I think he gets a, gets a completion there. Armani's going to take a big hit, but at least the ball's out. And that just is, I think, again, I like the concept. Guys are open, but again, getting the ball out of your hands, especially when the O-line's having a hard time protecting, because this is a great example of an offensive line having a hard time in pass protection right here. Totally. This is a great example. So the definite mistake Carson makes here is ball security. Um, he's yeah. got, like, there's, it's a weird knockout from Graham. He kind of comes from behind and pops it up underneath. So, you know, Carson might have been squeezing the ball down or squeezing the ball however he was, and, and it just was more vulnerable because you never accept, expect to get swiped from that. I will say, though, again, like, going back to what I was saying on the last play, too, if he just commits to running up the middle here, like, if he just takes off after he steps up, it, it might be a three-yard gain and he slides down. But he tries to just keep this play alive in a funky way and steps back into Graham. Like, there's a seven-yard gap between defenders slash linemen when he steps up in the pocket if you watch from the end zone angle. Like, this is one where I'm like, hey, man, just field awareness, all that kind of stuff. Let's just let's, let's get forward. Let's make sure that, that nothing crazy happens. And it goes to the decision-making and field awareness element for Carson uh, as opposed to, like, and, and and that's the kind of thing that's killed him in the past, right? With ball security is putting himself in spots where this kind of thing can happen. Like you got to just kind of be aware of where everyone is and like what options are available, not try to keep a play alive to make a home run, whatever, just take the three yard scramble, get down and live to see another down instead of extending the play to the point that you get the ball knocked out. Yeah. I think that's the main crux of that, right? Just protect the football there. You know, you still yeah. have a third down It'd probably be third and nine, third and 10. And like you said, even if you just kind of burrow forward there for a year, even if it's a yard, that's five, that's third and five, you know, and which is, that's fine. You can execute there. That's good stuff. So I agree. I think grid rushes by Philly. I like the concept. I like the call. I can't protect it. That's fine. Don't make a bad play worse. Um, if you're Carson there and hold on to that football. 